Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. The Philosophy Podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on university-branded watches. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s who led his team to the Final Four. John is actually best known for being the goalie that Gary Gate dunked on in the Air Gate. Oxia Time makes beautiful, Swiss-made, authentic watches whose design and quality match the essence of the universities they represent. I can attest to the quality of these watches. John hooked me up with a sweet Brown University Oxia watch, and I think it's the nicest thing I own. Initially licensed with eight Ivy League schools, Oxia keeps adding new schools each month. One of the coolest things Oxia offers is custom timepieces to commemorate championships or to celebrate storied teams. Check out the UVA lacrosse championship watch. It's sick. Princeton did a really nice one last year as well. Oxia even did an LSU football championship watch this year. For any teams interested in creating a custom watch this season, Oxia will upgrade it at no extra cost to a championship watch if your team wins a conference or national championship next year. For players, parents, and coaches interested in custom team watches, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Flying Solo Podcast. I'm really excited about today's topic, which is off-ball two-man game. I've been thinking a lot about this topic ever since I finished my Hang Up Two-Man webinar back in March. I took about six months to think about that one, and I've taken about six months to think about this one. And I really needed film to watch, but I also needed a laboratory. And I actually got that opportunity this summer in Narragansett, Rhode Island, with friends and family, where we played a ton of pickup lacrosse. I filmed it all, and I was able to watch some real details on things that uh, really helped me understand off-ball two-man game. So let's do a quick review. First, if you haven't watched or listened to the Hang Up Two-Man podcast or watched the webinar, you really should. It's kind of a prerequisite for this podcast. Um, you can go, if you're a visual learner, go to twomangame.com and you can get a, a free look at the webinar. Um, okay, so let's start 50,000 feet. Why two-man game? Well, Joe Keegan, the PLL stats analyst and writer, has some incredibly interesting stats on two-man game, and I'm going to review them really quickly. Um, first, you have a higher percentage of shots with sticks to the middle in two-man game, and we know that when your stick is to the middle, you have a higher shooting percentage than when your stick is to the outside. Second, you have a higher percentage of assisted shots in two-man game, and we know that you'll have a higher shooting percentage with an assisted shot than with a shot off the dodge. And then finally is the concept of addition by subtraction in which when the defense has to send a third defensive player to a two-man game, it leaves three guarding four 
in men's lacrosse or four guarding five in women's lacrosse, and it's a huge advantage for the offense. The paradigm shift for me with hang up two man was instead of focusing on pick angle and timing and shoulder to shoulder and mixing up hard picks and slips, or considering it a win if I can get the defense to switch, um, I began thinking about this trying to get two players on you or zero players on you. Try to control the players so there's either two on one player or which, which is then zero on one player. The new paradigm I'm referring to is trying to get two players on you, which then leaves zero players on someone else. Okay, so let's take these concepts to off ball. All right, so first of all, this is basically box lacrosse. And I think it's a new frontier for field lacrosse. I think box is always ahead of field. When you look at various skills and techniques and terminologies, you'll see things done in box lacrosse and then five or 10 years later, they're being done in field lacrosse. And I think the same is gonna happen here as it relates to off-ball two-man and the way it works together with on-ball two-man game. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And that's where the fluency for players that really know how to play really shows. Okay, so the big picture of off-ball advantages. First of all, the defense isn't focused on you when you're off-ball. They're focused on stopping the ball, which is a huge advantage. Secondly, the defense can't really send a third player when you create an advantage in off-ball two-man game, such as the way that they'll send a third player when you create that advantage in on-ball two-man game. So honestly, you're going to create the two on one and, and zero on the other opportunity in off-ball two-man game, and there's not going to be much the defense is going to be able to do about stopping that. They're not going to be able to double-team you in an off-ball situation. And we're also going to tap into the power of ball movement. Ball movement is so important, and it's going to be such an, a pivotal piece to this conversation. All right, so I mentioned earlier this summer I played a ton of pickup, which was a ton of time in the lab. Played with family and friends, and we played all different games. And these games are essentially versions of box lacrosse. Um, our go-to goal size is a 3-6 by 3-6 net. And why is it like box? Well, you have to get to the middle to score. You have to learn how to shoot when you can't see the goal. You really have to slow down. You're not going to be able to alley dodge. You're not going to be able to just dodge with speed. You're better off creating space with bringing two players together in two-man games than you are um, trying to clear space. You can't just clear space with a, a little net in a four-on-four -four plus a goalie game, which was really our staple game for working on in, in learning two-man game. And this four-on-four -four plus a goalie would usually have two righties and two lefties, and it was, it was pairs offense. Um, and it was so much fun. So check out the backyard curriculum if you want to see videos from this and you want to learn the rules and all of that, uh, backyardcurriculum.com. It's, it's got awesome video content in there on all this stuff. Um, so, okay, so let's review the basics of the off-ball side when we're playing this four-on-four. -four. So the ball's on one side, 
and they're doing picks and repicks. And basically, off ball, we're doing picks and repicks too. We're working together to get open. We're trying to occupy defenders and open up the middle. We don't want to cut into the ball side action. We need to learn to cut the middle, but not jam up a potential dodger. And we need to also facilitate the ball swing. So we need to be able to be open as an outlet so the ball can swing over the top and provide balance, but we also need to be occupying and cutting. So the basic actions that we were using naturally, and I'm not saying we were teaching, they were just, these things were happening. Down picks, up picks, repicks, seals, slips, backdoor cuts, topside cuts, pop outs, step backs, and cut the middle in cycles. Honestly, the only instructions that I gave players, and it was just, this was like between games and big picture, was pick and repick on and off ball and swing the ball. And really good things happened, and I was able to learn so much from watching the film. And what I learned was the incredible similarities between on ball two man game and off ball two man game. Um, and, and I already kind of knew this because I had sort of seen it um, when I was doing my hang up two man webinar and all the prep for that, but I knew that there was a lot more to it. So let's think about the similarities and let's go over some scenarios. Let's, let's talk about when you're in an off ball picking two man situation and the defense switches, which is going to happen more off ball than on ball, right? So on ball, the defense doesn't really want to switch and lose their matchups. Um, we've talked a lot about that, but off ball, they're, they're zoning things up. They're looking to slide and they really have to be, be ready to switch. Okay. So let's think of a scenario. So let's think of us. I'm a lefty and you're a lefty and we're going to be in an up picking situation and you are going to up pick for me. And I am in shooting range, and you are coming up to set this pick. If I can engage your defender in thinking that your man's going to have to switch, and I can also maintain the engagement of my defender, I will have two defenders on me. That's engaging too. And when I have both of them on me, it's a time when you can slip and cut the middle and be open and there will be confusion. Now, the amazing thing about this is that it's so similar to on-ball two-man because it, it works exactly the same way. I'm going to use my posture. I'm going to sell cut. So you're coming up to pick for me. I'm going to, let's say I'm selling my underneath cut. I'm selling it with my posture. I'm going to engage your defender. The earlier I defend, I, I engage your man, the better. The more of a gap there is between your man and you, just like in on-ball two-man game, the better it is. Then he's engaged and he's kind of out in space. And then meanwhile, if I, I can't just cut because if I just cut hard, then my man's going to grab you. And your man's going to have no problem picking me up. I'm going to cut right into your man. So what I need to do is sell cut with my posture to engage your man, but then I need to step back to engage my own, to maintain the engagement of my man. And if I can do that, I'm gonna open up your ability to cut the middle and to slip. And then sometimes 
you know, both defenders will jump on you and I'll be wide open. Sometimes, most of the time, you're just wide open on your slip. Other times, you know, your man might not switch and might jump back to you, but then I've got the angle on the cut. My man is in a bad position to guard my backdoor, just like your man is going to be in a bad position to guard my topside cut if there is an actual attempt for a switch. Cutting through book-ending zoning players, rolling to the net, hanging, sitting in the off-ball pocket. It's exactly the same. You've got an off-ball pocket that you can sit in when you engage two defenders. And then you want to you shoot the gap anytime. Anytime you can shoot the gap, you're going to be in a good position. Down pick situation, imagine the same thing. You're picking for me on the lefty side. I'm a lefty. You're coming down to pick for me. I sell that I'm going to cut over the top of this with my posture. I don't go anywhere. I don't cut because if I just cut, then there's going to be a clean switch. If I sell the go, I'm going to engage your defender who's trailing you. And the more he's trailing you, the harder it's going to be for him to be a part of this defense. So that's why the same concepts off ball work as on ball, which is if you can create separation between your man between you and your man when you're setting a pick on or off ball, it's a huge problem for the defense. But meanwhile, I have to maintain the engagement of my man. So as you're picking down for me and I'm selling top side cut with my posture, I also take a step out towards the sideline to maintain the engagement of my defender. Now I've got both of you guys, both defenders engaged and you can slip through the middle. Exactly the same thing we would want to do on ball as off ball. All right, so let's talk about when the defense puts some pressure on and they don't want to switch and they fight over a pick. It's exactly the same as inviting someone over a pick on ball. So let's go back to the up pick situation. You're coming up to pick for me. And I kind of try to engage your defender, but your defenders, you know, kind of tight to you and ready and, and 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 my man is really tight to me and as I step back my man comes with me so now I'm, I, I know now that I'm going to have to bring my man over the top of this pick backdoor let's say and and as I bring my man over this pick they will be in a permanently trailing position so I'm going to be open on my cut to the net with my man behind me as I as, as I go backdoor off this pick slowly enough that I maintain the matchup of my man on me and your man on you. And then when I make that cut, if your man doesn't help, I'm going to be open. So your man will, your man will help. And then what's going to happen is the picker is going to be open. You're going to be open. Down pick, same thing. I want, I want to tell you about where I really learned this was in 2002, Matt Brown was then a freshman at Denver. And I was trying to figure out ways to get him open. And I was really into down picks off ball. I've really studied a lot of this from, from um, Indiana basketball videos that I used to watch. And I actually went to Indiana basketball practices in Bloomington in 1994. I was really interested in the motion offenses that Bobby Knight had. And one of the things he always did was he, he set a lot of off ball down picks or down screens, if you want to call them that. So we tried to do this and we thought, all right, well, maybe we can um, sell dodge on the lefty alley and be able to 
down pick for Brownie and get him to pop out and, and, and have a, a wing shot if the defense is getting ready to slide. Well, it sounds great in theory, but, but everybody knew Brown, we wanted to get Brownie shots, so that, that wasn't going to work. So what happened was the adjustment that we made and what I learned back then, and we did this in 02, 03, 04, and, and even into 05, was we would set, a, we would set an off-ball down pick for Brownie. And what he would do is he would wait for the pick to, to get there, and then he'd, he'd step out like he was going to receive the ball, and he would invite his defender to go underneath on the goal, sort of the goal side, to, to fight over the pick, but on the underneath side of it. And then as soon as the defender would commit, he could lift his hands, he could show that he was going to receive the ball, and he'd invite that guy to think he had to play him, and then he'd curl right over the top of the pick, putting his defender in a permanently trailing position. And we called that piles. It was a great look. It occupied players beautifully for the other side of the field. And Browning would get open on the curl in the middle. Or they would have to commit two players to that. The same way they'd have to commit two players um, in, 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 in an on-ball situation when you invite them over the top. And they're in a permanently trailing position. And they cannot switch anymore. And their only chance is to commit the, the switch, which really becomes a double. And they essentially would double-team Brownie off-ball. And he would be able to open up the middies. The middies would then pop. And it was back to those, those Bobby Knight reads of, you know, if you're being covered tight, curl tight. Well, what you want to try to do sometimes is invite people to cover you tight. And then you cut tight around it. That's your curl. And then one guy, one, as Bobby Knight would always say, one player is coming to the basket, one player is popping out. And, and in this case, the curl was going to the basket. How's it going, everybody? Jamie here. Thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying the content in my Philacrosophy podcast, my Inside the Eight podcasts, or my a Lacrosse Weekend blogs, I would encourage you to check out the store at jamefreesports.com. I've created awesome content for coaches, players, and parents in both men's and women's lacrosse. For coaches, the coaches training program. It's, it's a combination of cutting edge and practical. We have Division I men's and women's coaches all the way down to high school, JV, and youth. For players, I've created JM3 Player Academies, which are designed to teach every variation of every skill for boys and girls across. And for parents, I've created JM3 Recruiting Portal, where I've taken all of the content from my blogs, my podcasts, from webinars, and other interviews, and pooled all of this information in one place where parents can get access to incredible content and insights from the very coaches that you're hoping to play for. By the way, when you want to invite people over picks and stuff, it's the same concepts off ball that you would use with X cuts. When you cut off a cutter, when you're cutting off another cutter, you're putting your defender in a permanently trailing position. The advantage of these X cuts though, is that it's much harder to, to switch. You're probably just going to be wide open. And then there's a, uh, there's backup picks that you can do. I don't know if you saw this Eric law in the PLL, championship series there was a hang-up situation I think Pinnell had the ball and Eric Law um, turned his head looked over his shoulder as he was facing the ball at X and he backed up looking for Ryan Brown's man and Ryan Brown was able to cut off that backup pick and it worked a lot like inviting someone over the top but the reason why was yes he cleanly picked Ryan Brown's man but because 
he was backing up, walking or jogging backwards. His own man did not recognize this as a pick and was not prepared to switch and it opened up Ryan Brown. If the D goes under, let's talk about that. If the D is going to go under a pick, so like back to that Matt Brown situation, if we were down picking for Brownie and the defense stayed under, he would just pop and we would throw it to him, just like in basketball. Anytime they go under, you're going to pop and hopefully shoot. And then seals. Seals happen all the time off the ball because they pack it in. And when the defense packs it in, it's harder to create that separation that I always refer to between you and, and, and your man when you're setting a pick. And if they're that packed in and they're in that good position to be able to guard your action, then just seal that action in. Seal that player in. So if let's just say you, you're thinking about doing an, an off-ball down pick, if you just seal your man in, if, if, if your man is packed in and you seal them in and the low player comes up, they can fill that space. And now you've got if, – if the defense stays packed in, we'll catch and shoot. If the defender on the man's being sealed – wants to fight through it, then we'll slip to the net and we'll make the, all of the same reads. It's really, really interesting though. And seals are incredibly impactful. So this is what we did when playing our pickup games. We would try to facilitate ball swings while we were trying to get open working together with picks and re-picks and seals and slips and reading and trying to occupy two, two defenders and trying to sit in that off-ball pocket or if the defense is trying to push out on you and not switch, then invite them over the top. And the beauty of it is, is that you just keep doing it. And I think that's the thing that most people don't really get about off-ball two-man game is that it's, it's, it's a, you just do it again and again and again and again. And the mistake that people make is they do it once and they cut, they cut too far away and then they jam up the middle or they just spread out too much and now they can't work together again. And at the same time, be able to facilitate that ball movement. All right, so let's talk about how it all works with ball movement and swing passes. We talk, we've talked about this word facilitating swing passes. That's because it's incredibly important that the ball swings from one side to the other. It is so much harder for the defense when the ball swings because they go from an on-ball responsibility to an off-ball responsibility. And frankly, it's easier for the offense to get open off-ball even during an on-ball two-man situation. So let's think about something here, really important. You know how when you're being taught to dodge, you're always taught don't look at your defender, see through your man, see the defense. You know, think about the probing solo podcast I did. That's what that's all about, seeing. You're essentially dodging the entire D. You're not just dodging your man. Well, in two-man game, it's exactly the same thing. You must see the other pair off ball. Not your, not your side. If you focus on your two-man game side, you will not be able to see what's happening on the other side. However, you can run your own two-man game on your side with the ball, and you can feel it without looking at it. You can look to the other side and feel your own side, especially in the pocket, or if someone's pre putting pressure on you. So if they're switching, you just watch the other side and you feel that pocket. And you can run repicks this way too. You know it's going to be coming back and you don't have to look at it. Meanwhile, if they decide to pressure you, you can feel that. And you might have to divert your attention back to your own defender if all of a sudden you're receiving pressure. Uh, a little bit anyways. And um, that's okay. But the idea is 
If you look at your own side, you definitely won't see the other side. But if you look at the other side, you can feel your own side. And that's something I learned this summer, which is really, really interesting. Okay, here's another concept that we talked about a little bit this summer too. Don't play out your own two-man game till the bitter end. So let's just say you're in the middle of a, a repick situation. Um, let's say that, you know, it's a pass down, pick down to you, you carry up, they roll to the net, they're coming right back, and all of a sudden you're thinking about, um, they're coming back on an up pick, and you're thinking about attacking this thing while you're looking at the other side. Well, let's say that picker's going to come and jump over and pick for your top side even. If you give that ball up in the middle of the hang-up two-man situation while you're trying to figure out, is my man pressuring or is my man switching, if you give it up, and you swing it, amazing things open up. And I would say 50% of the time, you're better off not playing out your own two-man game. Just try to engage players. And you're going to get nations, looks, and give and goes all day. What do I mean by that? Well, if I engage two players and I move the ball and you've got that ability to cut, cut the gap and I move it, you're going to be open on your nation's look. What's a nation's look? It's a two-pass pick and roll. Okay, that's where the picker, I've got the picker's man engaged. I've got my man engaged. I throw it across and the picker cuts. And the, and the feeder on the other side feeds the, feeds the pick and roll, a two-pass pick and roll. It gives you the idea of feeding the feeders. So you can sit in the pocket and feed feeders. You can feed cutters all day. That's great. But think about feeding the feeder when you see the other side, because they're gonna be able to either feed you on the give and go or your partner on the nation's look. So it makes sense when the nation's look's there, if they're thinking about switching and you've got two people engaged, you're gonna be able to cut, move it and get the nation's look. When does the give and go happen? Well, the give and go happens more when they're putting pressure on you and they're trying not to switch. So I just want you to imagine that there's an off ball up pick. You're picking for me, I have the ball. And you're going to pick from my top side. I'm a lefty. You're going to pick from my left. And I know my man's playing me aggressively. So I, I can basically give the ball up to that feeder and cut off that pick and invite, you, invite my man over the top. And I'm going to be open on my give and go. First of all, everybody relaxes when you move the ball because all of a sudden they're like, okay, good. This two-man game is over. And then all of a sudden, bang, the nation's cut is over. On. And all of a sudden, bang, the nation, nation's cut is wide open or bang, my give and go is wide open. Don't play your two-man game out to the bitter end. Move the ball across. Yes, while you're in the pocket, look to feed cutters. But just as important, maybe more important, is learning to feed the feeder. And it gets the ball moving. And so you'll get your give and goes, which are known as rattlers, and you'll get your nation's looks. So I remember hearing this, and I can't remember from whom, but I heard NLL coaches talk about the best two-man games happen when the ball is in the air while the pick is on its way to being set for the two-man game. The best two-man games happen when the ball's in the air while the picker is going to set the pick for the on-ball two-man game. And I really had a hard time of understanding like how you would make that happen. It made sense that it would work because for the same reason that if the picker can get separation on his man when he's setting a pick on or off ball, it puts the defense in a really bad spot. 
And so when you're going from on off ball to on ball, all of a sudden the, the picker is going to be a little bit more late than if it was straight up on ball. And all of a sudden it's going to be a great situation for that two man game. But again, I didn't really understand how it would happen. And then I, I saw it happen in Narragansett all the time, especially when people didn't play out their two man game till the bitter end. All of a sudden, when we started getting legitimate movements in these, in these nations and give and goes or rattler looks, we started having situations where the, the defense was going from an off ball picking and repicking situation to all of a sudden the ball is being swung. And now there's an, the, the off ball, you know, they could have been in the middle of an off ball up pick and all of a sudden the, the guy has the ball and now it's an on ball up pick. And that's how this situation happens of the pick is on the way while the ball is in the air. And it's something that you can't script and it's not a play. It happens. It's motion. It's like what Bobby Knight always used to say, where in motion offense, the ball finds the action. And that's exactly what was happening this summer when we were running all of these looks. So what we found in Narragansett was if we picked and repicked on both sides at the time and we swung the ball, magic happened. And the level of two-man game was phenomenal. And the level of learning was phenomenal. And like I said, the biggest key was just pick and repick, swing the ball. Don't play your two-man game out until the bitter end. So I think this is the future of where field lacrosse is going. And this is box lacrosse. And it's so exciting. It's so cool. It is so fun to be in the middle of, to be sitting in that off, in that, in the pocket with the ball, engaging two defenders and being able to have your hands free to feed a cutter. But it's even more fun to swing it and look for your give and go and your nation's cut and then just get back to work and let the ball find you. It opens up looks so much. So the next step is going to be thinking about three-man sides, just like in box. You've got two-man sides and three-man sides. And everything I've been talking about here has been really based on pairs. Lately, I've been working a ton on creating environments for three-man on-ball and three-man off-ball actions, which is going to be the, the next webinar and the next podcast that I put together. And I think this is obviously exactly box across. I'm trying to figure out a way to do this, though, without scripting, with just playing. And it is interesting. But I think this is going to be the future for field, too, because there's six players. So you're going to have a two-man side, a three-man side. And our next guy. Oh, yeah, that's the Penn State offense. They've been running that for the last number of years and had one of the best offenses in Division I lacrosse. Can't wait to get into the uh, three-man side. I hope you enjoyed this. I know it's kind of hard to picture it all in your head on a podcast, but uh, do, do your best, and I'll have video on, on it soon. Um, thanks a lot, and have a great day.